As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to No Buns, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. Thank you for joining us. I'm Tass Mellis here in Atlanta's studio. <laughs> With me, super producer, it's JD. Hello. What's up, JD? We got giggles already. This is fantastic. And my co-host, all the way from Taiwan, it's Joel McMillan. Joel, what are we working with on the background today? Well, Tess, I already uh, took my shot with using the Oakland background a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's mm. poor form on my part. So I thought I'd just go straight up old school Nintendo baseball background. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we are going to get into uh, heavy, heavy A's talk just to be a little positive because it sure feels like they're going to Las Vegas. We'll get into their history. We're just going to celebrate it, Joel. And, I, and you told mm-hmm. me before we came on, you kind of shed a tear. Or you got misty-eyed was your was your terminology. Yeah, I got I got a little misty, especially with the uh, the Cinderella A's and the the Moneyball streak. It was uh, it was just awesome seeing the Coliseum rocking and all those fans and the success that those teams had. I know we're going to get into that, but yeah, it was you know got a little emotional watching it because you know from what it sounds like it's uh, it sounds like you know it's a done deal with Oakland and Las Vegas. So uh, excited to get into that later in the show. Excited to see you a little misty-eyed a little later in the show as well, Joel. I, 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 I can't deny it. Okay, we'll get into that. We're going to debate the best ballpark nuts, as in snacks nuts, not uh, not people who are wiling out at the ballpark. <laughs> but first, let's start with the five best things in baseball from the past week. We are quite literally starting with the best as we count these down, Joel, because we're starting with Shohei Otani. The baseball world is just marveling at what this guy is doing yet again. MVP, whatever, runner-up, whatever. He's gotten even better this season. He's somehow one-upping himself. He's leading the Angels in all of these categories, Joel. This is real stuff. Runs, hits, triples, homers, RBI, stolen bases, on-base percentage, slugging percentage. He's second in average. Uh, on-base plus slugging, he's over 1,000. Total bases, oh yeah. And on the hill, wins, innings pitched, strikeouts. 
And war, of course. Uh, the Athletic conducted its annual player poll. Over 100 players were asked if they were building a team, who would they start with? Well, most picked Otani, of course. Uh, and it, when, it, when it comes to his upcoming free agency, despite the Angels currently being a wildcard team, which could mean he sticks around, who knows? A majority of the players think he'll be a Dodger next season, 57.2%. The Angels came in second at 11%, and the Padres, Mets, and Yankees also got votes. Experts kind of agree that he'll get at least 500 mil, or around that number, on his next contract. Joel, is it possible that he could get 600 million on his next contract? I think so, Tess, and I think he will for a couple of reasons. First of all, his stock... You know, if he wins MVP this year and, you know, barring any unforeseen tragedies, things like that with his health or anything, he's pretty much a lock to win it at this point. His stock isn't going to be any higher. He came off a great World Baseball Classic, you know, like you just listed all of his stats so far. I mean, he's just doing unbelievable things. And Tass, like on that note about the playoffs, let's say the Angels do get in and, you know, they they have some success I mean, that will be a direct result of him. I mean, I feel like he's almost carrying that team on his back. So his stock's never going to be higher. So I don't think $600 million is unreasonable task, but I kind of look at it from a different standpoint. You know, the casual fan or the casual person might just say, wow, $600 million, that's absolutely crazy. But Tess, I look at it as like a guy with Otani. How much money could he actually generate as a player? And I think that with a guy like Otani, he could actually generate a billion dollars over the duration uh, of a contract. And Tass, put me in that camp of him going to the Dodgers. I think he's going to go there. Uh, you know, you look at Japanese TV rights, merchandise and other revenue streams. He could easily clear over a billion dollars for whatever team he signs with. You know, and that's not even taking into account, you know, like what he does on the field. So I don't think it's unrealistic to suggest that he's going to make $600 million in free agency. And I, I know it might sound ridiculous, but I think you you might even be getting him at a bargain uh, at that. Amazing stuff. I, I'm going to stay stay away from the, the money and the dollar value that he's going to get. I, I do agree with you in terms of what he generates. That's a, a very, very good point. That's probably hard for us sitting here to really put a number on, to really try and understand. Uh, but, yeah, you being in Asia and um, the the market that the, the Dodgers or the Angels or mm-hmm. whoever uh, could access through that, is, that's very interesting. I'm just excited to see him in the postseason if that happens as the Angels are holding on. Uh, to a wild yeah. card spot right now, just just barely, and it's not going to be easy, especially with the uh, the Rangers playing the, the way they are this season. Uh, the and the Astros, at some point, uh, will turn it on, or will they? That leads us to our next question. A fantastic segue by you, Joel, wanting to talk about these two teams, the Dodgers and the Astros, both underperforming to this point. Falling behind in their respective divisions, which team is in more trouble, do you think? Is it the Dodgers or the Astros? Well, Tass, these teams are very, very similar in a lot of ways. They're veteran teams. Um, Both teams have players, key players who are going to miss the season uh, and also lost some key players in free agency as well. The Astros lost Verlander and the Dodgers lost Trey Turner 
with the Dodgers, Walker Bueller, Gavin Lux, and Dustin Mayer out for the season with the Astros. Uh, you're looking at Luis Garcia and McCullers. They're out for the season. So they're very, very similar in a lot of ways. I think both teams are just kind of going through a, a difficult stretch right now. All teams do that. Um, I'm not really particularly worried about either team making the playoffs. I think both teams will. But in the long run, I still I'm going to stick with Houston. I like their chances more. Uh, their pitching is significantly better than Los Angeles, both their bullpen and they're starting pitching. Uh, the Dodgers field a better offense, but I just kind of, I like Houston's chances better in the long run. And both teams play in fairly competitive divisions, but the NL West is very competitive. The Giants have really come on as of late. I think they overtook the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks have been a surprise. San Diego is going to turn it on in some point. So the Dodgers have a tougher division. Uh, but both are in similar spots. I'm not really particularly worried about either team, but yeah, I still like Houston's chances long term. And you're a bit of a Dodger hater, right? Uh, oh, that, here that's we just, go. Just here an ongoing go. joke. It's just it's just a great to have an ongoing <laughs> joke here uh, on No Buns. Going back to last season, uh, the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, I wonder, actually, you being a very very slight Dodger hater, going back to Otani really quickly. Are you going to be okay with that if he does sign in LA? Tass, I'll get an Otani jersey. I'll 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 get a, one of those beautiful Dodger blue Otani jerseys. Yeah, I'll I'll love it. That that will convert me. That'll convert me. You're right. They are going to generate a billion dollars uh, because of people like you buying jerseys. Uh, they have been um, passed by the Giants. Uh, you mentioned there in the ALS, the Diamondbacks. They got their own uh, MVP candidate uh, in Carroll, who's. Uh, being awesome, just being fantastic this year. Corbin Carroll is uh, a heck of a story. Him and uh, Acuna sort of at the top of the MVP rankings. So the Dodgers have slipped uh, a little bit. Uh, the Astros, they got back uh, on the winning side of things Tuesday night as we record here Wednesday, uh, but they had lost five in a row. It's, uh, it's an interesting uh, scenario for, for both those teams. Um, and uh, yeah, as we said, the Astros battling the Angels, which would be a heck of a story there for a wild card spot in and in the Western uh, division there in the AL behind the the Rangers. Let's get to something a, a little bit more positive than those two teams struggling. Are, was that really a, one of the best things in baseball this week? The Dodgers and the Astros struggling? Nah, but we had to squeeze it in. Had to squeeze it in under some sort of umbrella. The Cincinnati Reds are scorching. This is incredible. We talked about it last week when we were just marveling at Ellie De La Cruz. And it was nice to look through rose-colored glasses there. But, man, has it kept up. These guys are on fire. They have won 10 in a row. It seems like a Cinderella team right now. They're 12-2 and two since calling up Ellie De La Cruz. They're leading the NL Central the first time they've led the division this deep into a season since 2012. Uh, and now, Canadian legend Joey Votto is back. He was out since August with a couple surgeries on his rotator cuff and biceps. His first game back on Monday. There were even Reds fans questioning. I don't know. We're playing well. Do we bring back our legend? They There were really those discussions happening. He was batting sixth uh, because they were hitting so well and, and they were wondering how Joey Votto was going to perform. Well, my goodness. At Great American Ballpark, uh, he lit it on fire. Great ovation for him to come out. His first uh, at-bat, and then his second at-bat, he hit a no-doubter. 
Uh, great stuff. Great moment. The crowd was hype. He circled the bases, faked a little handshake with the third base coach, uh, went into the dugout, wore the uh, Viking cape and helmet for the first time, came out for a curtain call. A couple innings later, an even more important hit. Uh, bases loaded for him. Reds down one. He singled in two to take the lead and win that game. They've won 10 in a row, Joel. What is this team? What are the Cincinnati Reds? Can you believe after having that discussion last week where we were, we were both sort of wondering, does, do they have the pitching? Are they just too young? Are they for real? Das, I don't know. TBD. <laughs> TBD. We're going to find out. Uh, they they looked apart right now. You know, teams are always going to go. I mean, Taz, even bad teams, and I'm not saying that the Reds are a super bad team, but nothing was really expected of them this season. But, you know, even bad teams get hot. I mean, Taz, the A's last week won seven games. Uh in a row, which was awesome to see. They're doing everything right. Um, and Tass, you know, they went on the road and swept Houston. And I know Houston's kind of scuffling a bit, but it's still the defending World Series champions. You sweep them in their own building. I mean, that that's a statement uh, win as far as I'm concerned. There's such an exciting team to watch. They're so young. They've graduated several of their exciting prospects. You know, we talked a bit about that last week. Tass, you mentioned the pitching. That's where I think you know, the Reds kind of are going to, it's going to be tough for them. I still think they can kind of win the central because it is wide open. That division, it doesn't seem like anyone's really running away with it. And the Cardinals, we've talked about them. They've struggled. So I think there's, I don't see why they can't win the division. The GM said last week that, you know, if they're still in contention and I don't see why they wouldn't be, or at least even near a playoff spot that they would be buyers at the deadline. This is great to see for baseball and especially Reds fans because, you know, they kind of, they're a small market team. And from what I understand, their owner is fairly frugal too. And they've let a lot of good players go or have traded a lot of good players over the year. But that being said, you know, they've drafted well, they've developed well, the assets they've gotten in return for some of these players that they've traded recently Uh, are panning out and it's great and it's all coming together and you know Tass there's always that one bandwagon team like if you're a casual fan I feel like you want to get behind and I'm going to go ahead and say you know in 2023 that's the Reds I I love watching them I watch their highlights it's just so infectious and you know we posted that Joey Votto interview he did in his first game back and you know Tass usually post game interviews in baseball in any sport it's just very cliche things they say but Votto really kind of like takes the time to think of an answer and he, you know, he's very well-spoken and, you know, you can tell it's a very sincere answer and uh, that was great to see. And, and I'm all in on the Reds. I hope they win the central. I would absolutely love to see that team uh, in the uh, playoffs come October. Oh yes. The Reds are the team of no bunts. There's no doubt with this Toronto connection, Mm -hmm. uh, Joey Votto's parents, his Canadian parents, I don't know if they're Canadian, uh, but he was born in Canada, so they must be ridiculously proud. As you said, that post-game interview on the field, that's usually yeah, full of you know your, your common cliches. Yeah, we put it on our Instagram account, no underscore bunts. The guy is a, a marvel, and I know um, the team is ridiculously young, and uh, even, even some fans were wondering, you know, should this guy get inserted here as a 39-year-old? Well, yeah, uh, because he is the adult in the room. You want him around, uh, and I, I, you got to get behind it. You're right uh, about the the team being frugal. They haven't put a, a lot of money into this team, and that's unfortunate. But the the, mm-hmm. the bats and the speed 
of this team uh, makes it a very very fun watch. Uh, to me, they've got you know some Indian, uh, excuse me, the Guardians vibes from uh, from last season, where they just run and run and run and run. As we said last week, they have base running meetings uh, every day, and so it's it's a very fun team to get behind. Eli De La Cruz has slowed down a bit since his hot start, as we sort of expected. Uh, you know, there's a lot of breaking stuff coming his way, but. He's still getting on, and he's offsetting those struggles yeah. with his speed. Uh, a ton of infield hits, like on Monday mm-hmm. uh, when Joey Votto's night, he beat out a key infield hit, and he scored the go-ahead run on Votto's single. And then the next night, had three hits, uh, another infield single, because he literally just runs out everything. He had a, an infield single where he uh, slid head first into first base, he had a double last yeah. night, and then he also muscled out his second homer, which was oppo, uh, which was nice to see for him and uh, just shows how big and strong he is. Fantastic stuff there from the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Let's get and behind Tess, it. Just, oh, sorry. Just one. I uh, just wanted to add one quick point, too. Their task, the, the Reds have an unreal bullpen, too. They've got one of the best bullpens in baseball. And you mentioned Corbin Carroll. He's probably an absolute lock for rookie of the year at this point. Yeah. But uh, their shortstop, Matt McClain, um, he is. I mean, if Corbin Carroll wasn't playing this season, you know, he's he got called up uh, in May. He has had an unbelievable start to his career, too. So just wanted to add that. So the Reds, you know, yeah, they're legit. Why not? Why not? Let's jump in on it. Another guy who's had an incredible start to his season. It's June 21st, and the Marlins' Luis Arise, he's flirting with 400. He was at 400, and he's dropped now to, to 398, but he had dropped even further. It looked like he had finally hit that slide where he was going to fall away from 400. He was on an 0 for 15 slide that dropped him to 378. But then he went 5 for 5 twice in three days this past weekend. That made three five-hit games in a calendar month. Only the fourth player to do so since 1900, joining three Hall of Famers, George Sisler, Ty Cobb, and Dave Winfield. So he's at 398 now after uh, Tuesday night against the Toronto Blue Jays. Do you think Arias has a real shot at doing this, Joel? I think so. I mean, Tess, this guy just hits, man. Like, he, he's he got zero power, but whatever. You know, we're talking about a guy hitting 400. Tess, his plate discipline is unreal. He doesn't really chase bad pitches at all. Uh, he's got a strikeout rate of 5.3%. And just to put that in context, Barry Bonds... You know, okay, everyone's got their feelings on Bonds, whatever. But, you know, Bonds had an unbelievable eye. And Bonds' career walk rate was uh, just shy of 12%. And, you know, this dude, he's got a walk rate of less than 6%. So, you know, he's seeing pitches. He's he's probably the best contact hitter in the league right now. Uh, I don't see why he can't do it. Um, not a lot of players have really flirted with it. I feel like every maybe 10, 15 years, there's a guy that kind of gets close and at the all-star break and, you know, uh, Arias is that guy this season. I would love to see him do it. Uh, I think he has a legitimate shot. I think, you know, he's got the skills. He's got the contact skills to do it and the plate discipline to do it. And like you said, three five-hit games in one month. I mean, that's unreal. I mean, what do you say to that? It's just unbelievable. Yeah, a lot of hitting happening in that uh, Marlins uh, Blue Jays series in terms of just number of hits. Bo Bichette also got to 100 hits. Uh, when Arise went five for five, 
he and Arise only players to 100 hits this season. I wanted to get a mm-hmm. Bo Bichette fact in there for you because I know you love Bo. <laughs> I do. And, you know, Tass, this is more like anecdotal. I don't like to compare generations. I think it's a fool's errand to say, well, this player is the best hitter of all time. But, you know, Tass, I mean, we're in 2023. I mean, the league is much more international now. When guys did this in years past, you know, the competition level just wasn't there, you know, and Arise is doing it against the best pitchers in the in the world. And when guys did this in years past, the the, the – the skill of the pitchers just wasn't there. So I think that just kind of highlights just how impressive, you know, this accomplishment is. And I hope that he does it because, you know, this is, this will follow, you know, judge breaking the record and then uh, sorry, you know, breaking the American league home run record and then possibly arise, you know, hitting 400. It's a great story for baseball. And I love these chase stories, you know, like everyday tasks, you, you get an update and, you know, they talk about it and it's exciting and they, they cut to the at bats and stuff. So it's great for baseball. It just gets more eyes on the product. No doubt. A great story. I want to hear your take on this next story and whether or not it was a positive or a negative story, Joel, we had a father's day blunder. In Atlanta, let me take you to Truist Park, Father's Day Sunday. The Braves' Charlie Culberson's dad was at the park, and he was going to throw out the first pitch. All right, that's 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 wonderful. But the team designated Culberson for assignment before the game. So they decided to revoke dad's opening pitch status. But here's where things turn positive, okay? Sorry, Mr. Culberson, you're not getting the ball. However... <laughs> they had a quick replacement because uh, Michael Harris II, he's a local here in Atlanta. Dad was available. So uh, Michael Harris II got behind the plate, caught Dad's opening pitch, and then Michael Harris II continued this ridiculously hot streak that he's on. He went five for five himself, another five for fiber, a double, and a mammoth three-run homer, a 453-foot blast. After a slow start to the season, just quickly, Harris on fire through 12 games through Monday, batting 478. He's come around. I think the the injuries were slowing him down, uh, a rookie last season. So, anyway, back to the Culberson-Harris scenario. Uh, Culberson, it's interesting because he actually hadn't played a single game since being called up to the Braves a month ago. He was just there on the bench uh, just waiting. So, Joel, I, I think there's two types of people, uh, people who look at this as a humongous mistake or people who look at this as a success in the end. Where do you stand? Well, Tass, you know, one man's loss is another man's gain. You know, that's what they say. Um, <laughs> do they? I, you know, I'm just, it's unfortunate. I mean, I feel bad for Culberson and his family. I mean, I'm sure that was going to be a special moment for their family. Just, you know, bad timing. Um, but Tass, what's really interesting too, when I was, uh, reading about this, he did this from the nine spot and Google couldn't help me. Tass, I even fired up old chat GPT. I couldn't (laughs) find, maybe someone from the bleacher creatures can help me out. My Google skills aren't great, but I don't know any number nine hitters that went five for five. I searched extensively. I couldn't find it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, him doing that from the nine spot. Yeah. Yeah. And Snitker doesn't seem to be motivated at all to move him up. Uh, they like him there, mm-hmm. you, even though he's just he's on fire and he was named NL Player of the Week. That's an interesting one. Yeah, the Bleacher Creatures have not uh, chimed in quite yet. 
uh, but a, a fantastic week. Uh, that's a great point about him having five hits from the nine hole. Usually, Chat GPT, yeah. Chat GPT does you well, uh, but not today. Only goes data only goes up to the end of twenty twenty one, so uh, it didn't it didn't have anything for me at all on this one. Well, Bleacher Creatures, chime in. Has a number nine hitter ever gone five for five? Also, whether or not you think that's a positive story, because they probably should have just let Michael Harris's dad do it in the first place anyways. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a mainstay with that team. Anyway, um, we've got to take a quick break. But after it, we're going to look at the best moments in Oakland A's history. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to No Bunts. It's been a very, very, very tough few months for the Oakland A's. The move to Las Vegas appears all but official. Now, they're trying. The fans are trying there to get the team sold locally. They held a reverse boycott where 27,000 fans filled the Coliseum, only to have Commissioner Rob Manfred say this when he was asked about it. He said, quote, it was great. It's great to see what is this year almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in the facility for one night. Gosh, that's painful stuff from Commissioner Manfred. So it's been tough. We, we don't have to harp on it, how unfortunate it is that their baseball team appears to be leaving. For one segment, let's just remember the good times, Joel. Even if the book is ending, let's have a celebration of life. Let's go through what we consider the best accomplishments in A's history. This is a a totally subjective list. We want everybody watching along on YouTube to chime in. First, we're going to start with the Moneyball streak, Joel. A sensational streak in 2002. Take us through this moment. And was this a moment that got you misty-eyed, as we talked about earlier? Fast. There was, uh, yeah, got, got definitely the miss started with this one for sure. Cause you had kind of put everything in order. Um, I, there was a video, I think MLB.com had posted a video a couple years ago and it just kind of showed a, a highlight counting down all the games from the streak. And it was just awesome to see, you know, the Coliseum was rocking. They had all that success and test, you know, this was a year after, you know, they had that heartbreaking loss to the Yankees, in the playoffs in 2001 and then they lost uh, Damon and Giambi in the off season. And that's what kind of, you know, brought on this whole money ball philosophy. So it was great to watch this task for a couple of reasons. 
you know, just the streak itself. And then, you know, them getting a win number 20 as they, you know, documented in the movie where they had, I think it was an 11, nothing lead against the Royals. Yeah, 11 and then they ended up blowing it. And then uh, Hatterberg hit that walk off home run task. Like I'm not going to get misty. I'm close. Just thinking about it. But <laughs> I mean, it was just so awesome to see just like, that building just rocking that success you know they went to the playoffs that year and Tess I think the money ball like not not only is this a great moment in Oakland A's history but Tess it's also I feel like a significant moment in baseball history obviously for the accomplishment but you know for better for worse this is kind of the genesis of the analytic and the analytics era and this proved that analytics i feel do have a place in the game how much it's not my place to say but clearly this experiment worked with what they did you know they went to the playoffs they won over 100 games that year uh and they had a great season so the money ball streak was absolutely amazing you know they had the big three in zito Mulder, and hudson and tass how about this give me some miguel tejada <laughs> and eric chavez with the white cleats at third base dude <laughs> was a beast, you know, for five or six years there. Then he got hurt. But they, I mean, Tess, there were just so many talented players on that team. And, you know, unfortunately, it was kind of a sign of things to come in the future because, you know, with them letting those big names go, it's just continued to happen for the last 20 years. And, uh, yeah, we actually highlighted uh, Ramon Hernandez's walk-off bunt uh, a little bit earlier uh, this season. You just reminded me where you're going through the players there. They had a squeeze bunt uh, in, uh, in the ALDS there after going 103 and 59 mm-hmm. and winning 20 straight games with guys you mentioned, uh, including, yeah, Billy Koch uh, was another guy I saw there. Billy Koch, my goodness. But Hatterberg with that home <laughs> run uh, to finish off that, that game, the 20th straight game. Yeah, it was uh, obviously the start of, of a different era in baseball um, with – you know the book that came out, and then and then the movie, of course. Actually, I wanted to ask uh, JD. Let's get you in here. Did you watch Moneyball the movie? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. How much? <laughs> how much did you like it? Uh, Throwing you on I, the spot here. I saw it once. Uh, yeah. What do we got? We got a Jonah Hill. We got a Brad Pitt in there. Yeah, we got uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Was I was shocked. Uh, was go, looking back, he was. Scott Hatterberg. Philip Seymour Hoffman, too. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wow. Played Art Howe, yeah. Uh, I'm, I have to revisit it. I remember liking it. I remember being shocked at how a movie that's essentially about economics or, uh, yeah. you know, it was actually thrilling. It was a bit of a thriller, you know? Damn right. Yeah, it was good. Damn yeah. right it was a thriller. It was riveting. A, a movie about... Yes, numbers. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. It was. And and actually, looking back, before it was became a thriller, there was a, a potential that Steven Soderbergh was going to make it more of a documentary style movie where they were yeah. going to interview actual players. Uh, but then that got scrapped. Pitt became a producer, mm. and uh, <laughs> things changed. And it won. Or sorry, sorry, it was nominated for six Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, so oh. yeah, and uh, Joel, you must have loved just the Oakland Coliseum in that movie, just featured all over the place. It just was, uh, it was... It, yeah, it was. I I love that stadium. You know, I think when we were talking about it a, a couple of weeks ago, it's kind of like baseball's last dive bar, and it's just got such a, a passionate 
you know, fan base there and it's just so loud and, you know, the like they really want to be there. It was just awesome to see that whole streak. Yeah. And they lost in the first round uh, to the Twins uh, 3-2. But an incredible run. Second up here in the uh, the greatest accomplishments, moments in A's history as we take you through it. Dallas Braden's perfect game in 2010, Joel. Yeah, Tass, this was uh, an emotional one for sure. Uh, Dallas Braden had lost his mom to skin cancer when he was in high school. uh, And he ended up living with his maternal grandmother. Uh, You know, so he goes out there and throws a perfect game on Mother's Day in 2010. Just an unbelievable moment. Uh, you know, and he he embraced his grandmother on the field after the game. It was just so cool. And there was a special promotion that day for him. Um, and he had a bunch of fans in Section 209 because he was he's from Stockton, California. He's a California kid, you know, grew up there, you know, was drafted by the A's, you know, spent his life and career there, basically. And, you know, so for him to do that in front of his family and friends on Mother's Day of all days. Just a, a very, very special moment. It was just awesome. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being misty-eyed about this one. Uh, uh, embracing his grandmother, as you said, on the field afterwards. He just threw a perfect game. That's mm. that's enough of an accomplishment. <laughs> one of just 23 pitchers at the time uh, to ever do it in 140 years of baseball. And then uh, to be on Mother's Day... It's nice we're giving uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day love here uh, on the show. Let's move on to more of a you know a traditional accomplishment for the Oakland A's. A three-peat, 1972 to 1974. I was watching some of these highlights uh, yesterday. Lots of bases being protected after that uh, weird Bruce Bocce call in the Rangers game uh, yesterday. That was the opposite of what was happening in 72 to 74 with the mustache gang, Joel. Yeah, the mustache gang, the uh, the counterculture A's. Um, yeah, Tass, I'm just going to go through kind of individually year by year really quickly. So, you know, Tass, the Oakland A's are the only other team besides the Yankees to three-peat. It's obviously extremely difficult. Just just to win one championship is hard enough, let alone three. And in 1972, they came up against the Big Red Machine, who were, you know, one of the dominant teams uh, during the 70s. And, you know, they had a seven-game series. Uh, it was a phenomenal series. Some highlights. Well, first of all, Tass, I should mention, the 72 World Series championship that the A's won was the Bay Area's first professional championship i actually didn't know that um and yeah it was dubbed the hairs versus squares which i thought was pretty cool um <laughs> the reds and, were just a know, bunch of was, squares <laughs> yeah well you know they were old school you know they were old school um but yeah and i, I thought this was interesting too tess uh jackie robinson threw out the first pitch in game two and then tragically passed away just nine days later which was a bit sad and also there was an interesting play in this World Series where Ro- Rolly Fingers, a little uh, little bit of a sneak attack, was going to look like they were going to intentionally walk Johnny Bench and uh, actually struck him out. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that was their first World Series in 1972. And then in 1973, they played the Mets in another seven-game series. Um, and this was really interesting, too, because the owner, what's what's up with A's and having terrible owners? 
Uh, A's owner Charles Finley tried firing the second baseman, Mike Andrews, for his errors in game two. And the league actually had to step in and uh, reinstate him. The players wore athletic tape with Andrews numbers uh, in support of him. Um, But yeah, and Tass, this was the first year of the DH in the American League. But pitchers still hit. But seldomly, I, I didn't really understand that as before my time. But in my research, that's what it said. And uh, in the World Series, pitchers actually were expected to hit. And Ken Holtzman hit. He was an A's pitcher and he hit a key double in game one and had another key hit in game seven that helped the A's win that World Series, which I thought was pretty cool. And Oakland reliever Daryl Knowles became the first pitcher to appear in all seven games in a world series. So that's pretty cool. And after this series test, the Oakland A's manager resigned. He just was even after back-to-back world series championships, he had had enough of that uh, meddlesome owner, but yeah, back-to-back world series. And then finally they closed out the three Pete in 1974. And this was the first all California world series. This was with the Dodgers and the A's and yeah, Rolly Fingers figured into three of the four uh, Oakland wins. He had a win and two saves. And Taz, how's this for some great baseball names? You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Rolly Fingers, of course. Yeah, that's... Sal, Ban- Sal Bando. <laughs> Sal Bando, Vita Blue, Catfish Hunter, and Johnny Lee, Blue Moon Odom. Can't top it. Can't top it. We even got a Billy North in there. Just, just really great names. We got a Dick mm-hmm. Green in there. Uh, really, <laughs> really solid names. Yeah, uh, great stuff. Great stuff from that three Pete. I thought for a long time it was Raleigh Fingers, uh, but then realized it's Roly. Keep Roly, Roly out on the hill, and uh, good things will happen. Uh, the, the that play that I, or I, I mentioned that guys were blocking the bags when. Uh, when there's a play at the bag, I had no idea that, that this happened in baseball history in the 74 world series game five, the A's are up three, one in the series, but potentially losing this game. They're up three, two in the game, rolly fingers on the Hill and bill Buckner stepped up to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that bill Buckner he stepped up to the plate, hit it into center off rolly fingers and Billy North misplayed it. But Reggie Jackson backed him up. It was a pretty cool play. He chased it down, hit it the cutoff man, Dick Green, who fired it to Sal Bando, who protected third base really, really well. He blocked the bag and blocked Buckner's slide, and L.A. lost that game. So Rowley finished out that game in the eighth and the ninth. But things could have turned a, a lot differently if Reggie Jackson, who, as you said, uh, about the Yankees three-peat. Many people think of him as a Yankee, but he really had his breakout with uh, the Oakland A's in the early 70s before he became Mr. October. He was Mr. October for the A's in uh, 73. Yeah. He was the World Series MVP in 1973. Yeah, he yeah he won three series. Uh, yeah, won three world championships with the A's. Absolutely. And Tass, I just thought this was really interesting too. The 1974 World Series was the last championship that was won by a Bay Area team at home up until the 2017 Golden State Warriors because the Raiders and the Niners and the Giants 
had all won either on the road or on neutral site. So I thought that was pretty interesting anecdote. Okay. As we celebrate uh, the Oakland A's history, let's get to one more. The Cinderella A's uh, in 2012. That was... uh, um, Oh, excuse me. I missed one. I missed one, JD. That's my fault. That's my fault. I guess we talked about the three-peat for so long, I thought we were on uh, number five. But Dennis Eckersley. Can't forget about Eckersley. Nah, winning MVP and Cy Young in the same season, Joel, 1992. Yeah, Tass, this is amazing because I don't think it's ever going to – It's it's never been done before. I don't think it's ever going to be done again. A relief pitcher winning MVP and Cy Young. Just a relief pitcher winning Cy Young is difficult enough, but to win both. Um, if you're an advanced analytics fan, you probably don't like this, but, you know, whatever. I mean, I still think it's an amazing accomplishment. And, Tash, when I think of the Oakland A's, like, they, you know, we talked about their three-peats uh, a minute ago, but – Tess, they had great teams in the late 80s and early 90s, too. And when I think of those teams, of course, you know, I think about McGuire, Canseco, Dave Stewart. But I also absolutely think of Dennis Eckersley. He's one of the first players that come to mind when I think about those teams. He had a tremendous, tremendous career, not only as an A, but his entire career. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, him winning MVP and Cy Young that year, like what an accomplishment. I mean, what else can you say? There's... It, it just, it, I don't think it's ever going to be done again. 51 saves and a 1.91 ERA. Uh, he was a, a starter for 11 years before getting to Oakland in 1987, where he turned his life around. He got sober and mm-hmm. then did this in 1992. Now, as a Jays fan, Eckersley had a heck of an accomplishment that season, but the best moment for me was in the ALCS uh, when the Oakland A's went up against the Toronto Blue Jays and uh, gave up the game-tying home run to Roberto Alomar in the ninth. The A's were up 2-1 in that series. I forgot they were up 6-1 in the eighth inning of game four, and the Jays scored a couple in that inning, uh, the eighth inning, and... Eckersley had to come on and finish the job in the eighth. And when he got the last out of the eighth, I know you remember him looking at the Jays dugout with a huge fist pump, a huge fist pump was so excited. Then he came out for the ninth inning and uh, Roberto Alomar, who wasn't obviously a huge home run hitter, but hit a two run smack to tie the game. And then the Jays went on to win in extra innings, tie the series and they won the series, obviously, and the World Series. So, great mm-hmm. year by Eckersley, but I think Roberto yeah. Alomar's moment was a little bit better. Yeah, and Tass, it's crazy, too. Like, Eckersley, like, I was looking at his fan graphs page. He pitched until 1998. I was like, what? He pitched until the late 90s? And Tass, he had, I just got to check my notes here, he had 96 saves from the age of 40 to 43. That's unreal. Now, he had left Oakland. He went to St. Louis. And then I think he pitched his final year in Boston. But, I mean, the dude was just a, a machine. Like, he was so productive over his career, like you said, as a starter and then kind of rebuilt himself as a reliever when he went to Oakland. What a what a career. But, yeah, when I think of the Oakland A's from the 80s and early 90s, Eckersley's definitely one of the dudes that I think about. And that sweet stash. 
<laughs> it was sweet. Yeah, fortunately he wasn't part of the uh, the mustache gang uh, way back when, but he could have. He could have been. All right, moving on. The last moment that I mentioned a little bit earlier, because I was getting a little ahead of myself, because I think it is a sensational moment, a uh, sensational season. The Cinderella A's in 2012. No one expected this team to be good, Joel. No, they were 37 and 49, basically at the the halfway point, and then they just absolutely turned it on, and they won 17 uh, of 19 games. They caught fire in the second half. Uh, Texas was running away with the division. They were actually up by 14 games at one point, and the A's just kept chipping away, chipping away. Texas, you know, kind of didn't have a great second half, and on that final uh, series. Uh, of of 2012, the A's swept the Rangers. Great game. I recommend anyone, if you got a couple minutes, go back and watch the highlights of that game. The A's were down 5-1 to one in game 162 and uh, rallied for a big win. And there's that iconic play of Josh Hamilton basically just lazily uh, coming in on a fly ball and dropping it in task. That was actually the winning runs. And the knives came out for Josh Hamilton after that. That was his final game in a Rangers uniform. But we're talking about the A's here. It was a great success story. Uh, You know, they went on. They won the American League West with 103 wins, I believe. It was just awesome. And, you know, in terms of some great names, we had Coco Crisp, (laughs) you know, Yoenis Cespedes, and uh, Australian rubber-armed reliever and foul-mouthed Grant Balfour. Just a, a total motley crew. Like, I feel that you know, just perfectly kind of highlights. I feel like a lot of those A's team the last 20 years, just a a mix of a bunch of characters, you know, who just always overperform, but get it done ultimately. And yeah, it was just absolutely awesome to see. Unfortunately, you know, they lost to the eventual American League series uh, or American League champions, Detroit Tigers, but they got an amazing uh, ovation from the crowd, uh, after the series, which again, like, you know, I feel this is a common theme, but, you know, Taz, those Ace fans, man, they turn out, you know, they love that team. They're passionate about that team. They really care about them. And, you know, it was it was nice to see that. So, yeah, those 2012 A's, you know, uh, unbelievable. What a run. I do remember that ovation. Uh, it was a four-minute ovation. The fans mm-hmm. finally saying uh, their last goodbye that season after they were eliminated by the Detroit Tigers they just wouldn't let their players go, just stood there and, and applauded them over and over. They didn't leave the stadium. Nah, they had nowhere to go. They just wanted to to cheer on this team that really no one expected to be good. Yeah, the, the numbers there, uh, 37 and 42, about the, the midway point, and then they're 57 and 26 the rest of the way. It's, it's Cinderella stuff. Coco mm-hmm. Crisp, Grant Balfour, as you said, Bartolo Colon. No one expected this team to be good. Uh, a sensational story. Great year. Uh, you know, we could have done a lot uh, of other moments, mm-hmm. covered a lot of other moments. Canseco starting the 40-40 club. You mentioned Maguire. The 89 World Series that was interrupted by the tragic earthquake there with uh, between the A's uh, and the Giants. I, I forgot. It was I think it was like 13 days that they took off in between games two and three. It was a long period of time that they took off because of the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and the A's, um, you know, despite uh, game three being canceled <laughs> as they were they were about to uh, to start the game. 
they came back and uh, won game three and game four. So, so many moments that we didn't mention. If you're amongst the bleacher creatures or hit us up on Instagram, let us know your favorite moments because there's so many. This was a very, very subjective list, but wanted to go through Oakland A's history a little bit, show a little love, and we all made it through without crying. So (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Very emotional over here. <laughs> well, you're going to get emotional in this next segment, JD. Oh, yeah. uh, it's another edition of Your Out where we will talk about and have to eliminate one ballpark nut. Yep. We'll be right back. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's time for another edition of Year Out, where we've got to eliminate one item from a menu of three. And today's conundrum, ballpark nuts. We've got three nuts to discuss. Well, sort of nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we were having this conversation off air and... uh, yeah, we were getting into the salty snack that we preferred at ballparks. Peanuts. Joel mm-hmm. threw in a pistachios as the greatest nut of all time. Right. And then we were discussing, okay, in this exercise where we have to eliminate one item, what are we going to throw in there? Almonds? Cashews? <sighs> not at the ballpark. Not, number one, not at the ballpark. Number two, they'd probably be eliminated anyways. Well, maybe not. I mean, uh, <laughs> at the ballpark... Those two would lose immediately, I would say. Um, so we threw in sunflower seeds instead. We had this yeah. discussion. Yeah, it's, it fits. So you've got to eliminate one ballpark snack. You're in your seat. Peanuts, pistachios, or sunflower seeds that you got to get rid of, Joel. What's, uh, what's your take? We know you love your pistachios because you're a fancy person. But what are you taking? <laughs> what are you eliminating? <laughs> Uh, I'm a fancy person. That's very nice of you to say, Tess. Um, well, apparently, uh, I'm. Yeah, I didn't know you had uh, such a fancy for pistachios. Oh, I mean, it, but but just pistachios are just really good. Like I'm, I'm getting rid of sunflower seeds. Holy. Uh, they're very high maintenance to eat. They're mm. super salty. They get caught in your teeth, but I suppose like that's a lot of nuts. Um, I've never been a sunflower seeds guy, even though I'm a huge baseball fan. Just not a sunflower seeds bro. So sorry, sunflower seeds, you're out. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that 
No hesitation, too, yeah. by the way. No, no. no hesitation. <laughs> you didn't think When you guys it. told me the three picks, I'm like, oh, okay, that's easy. Sunflower seeds, oh, next. You picked yeah. up the bowl. Give you guys more time to talk. Uh, well, we didn't pick the most appetizing uh, picture either. It looks like birdseed. It looks like Blue Jays food. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but, that's my bad. Well, no, it's what. How do you make a sunflower seed look appetizing? I mean, it's tough. Pistachios definitely look yeah. the most appetizing. Yeah, I would say peanuts. Meh, not not the most appetizing look, but right. Where are you going? Forget about the pictures. This is an audio medium for many. Joel, <laughs> JD, what do we got? What are we What are we doing? I'm actually more torn than I thought it would be. Me on too, this because. I love a sunflower seed, but I I really, really suck at shelling them. Do you know oh. what I mean? Like, mm. I'm not, I'm so jealous when I see people like, you know, just pop it in your mouth and just do the trick where you shell it in your mouth and then you poof and then the, mm-hmm. the, the seed perfectly shelled in two parts just flies out of the mouth. Right. And then you have like a growing, you know, pile of shells <laughs> at your feet. Mm-hmm. And it's also like it's more of a nibbly snack, you know, like it it lasts so much longer because it, it's so high maintenance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're delicious. But the, uh, when this was when I was putting together this Photoshop, I was like, it's obviously sunflower seeds, but I'm I'm not sure. Like, I love all three of them. This is tough. This is very tough. I am going to go with sunflower seeds. You're out of here simply because I I'm. Like I can't enjoy them like you're supposed to because I simply cannot shell them. You know what I mean? Great point. A very, very good point. Yeah. Yes, we're 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 doing the handiwork with the peanuts and the pistachios. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is my one skill is that uh, I can throw in a huge handful and just go one by one in my mouth and spit them out. So that, that's incredible to me. You should do uh, yeah. an instructional YouTube video on how to do it because it's like that and like the wolf whistle thing. I can't oh, do that. Yeah, I'm not good at that. I can't do it either. It's like, I got to figure that out. It's, uh, th- th- this was tough though. It's, it's difficult to eliminate peanuts just because they are such a staple. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the peanut skin. It's just not, it's like you take off the shell and now you got to get rid of the skin as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's like a double shelling. Yeah. Uh, um, so that was, that's my one, my one problem, but I'm not eliminating peanuts. It's, it's the one, pl- a ballpark is the one place where you can get really messy mm-hmm. and just dump shells everywhere. So pistachios kind of fit that bill as well. Um, what I guess you're getting them in a bag because like, they don't sell pistachios at ballparks. No. Am, am I right, Joel? Anywhere does that exist? I I haven't seen it, but a team should get on that ASAP if they're not. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. I, I prefer those two to sunflower seeds because of the mess. Now, why am I thinking of the mess? I'm not cleaning up, but I do think it's a little disgusting thinking about somebody spitting out sunflower yeah. seeds onto uh, yeah. a stadium cement i mean that's pretty freaking gross it's gross as it is just the peanut shells and but now you're adding spit with sunflower seeds which you don't get with the other two so i'm not gonna eliminate uh sunflower seeds they're just they're just too ingrained in my head with baseball it's just it's just a perfect match but i am gonna throw on this caveat you need a cup to spit them in yeah you can't just spit them anywhere what a civilized gentleman you are I've yeah, I've changed. I mean, uh, I, I used to spit them <laughs> everywhere. I'll I'll see. Uh, maybe it's being a dad and just hating the the idea of messes. Yeah. But uh, I can't even spit them 
on like turf. Like I, I, I was able to play in a, a beer league stadium last year, which was a nice stadium. It's not a stadium <laughs> a field, uh, which had turf in the outfield. Mm. Uh, and I, I couldn't, couldn't bear to it's spit. Like, it's like somebody's up. carpet. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's weird, but I, I'm getting rid of pistachios, even though they wow. are the most excellent nut oh. at a ballpark. Sorry. They don't belong here. I think you almost convinced me. Yeah. But if they sold pistachios, I mean, but they don't. But the, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the <laughs> sunflower seeds just belong in the dugout. That's it. That's the only place that it's acceptable to spit them willy nilly. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, a good point here uh, from Dysolus in the Bleacher Creatures. Sunflower seeds come in every flavor, <laughs> which which they have a wider range of flavors, even though pistachios do have some flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you can get you can get the uh, the Dysolus uh, point here. I, I, I like that point. I like that. You know, barbecue, whatever. Yeah. You see you see your Davids behind baseball players in the dugout. They've got the range uh, of flavors in there. I think original is always the way to go, but nothing wrong with a little flavor every once in a while. No. So see you later, pistachios. Okay. Give me the seeds. Give me the crunchy wow. seeds. It, it's You're right about, Joel, good point about getting caught in your teeth because pistachios aren't getting caught in your teeth. Sunflower seeds are. I don't I don't mm-hmm. like the, the skin of a peanut, but yeah, it's it's more of a hassle. With the uh, with the sunflower seeds, and he said they're too salty. You can get unsalted. That's true. That is true. That's yeah. That's it's not. That, that's a fair point. I don't know why you. But would, it's just but. so. <laughs> it's just so gratifying. Just cracking like pistachios are just so easy to crack open, and you just that little pinch, and they just come right apart. Oh man! And you just toss them in the cup, and they make that sound. Tess, I'm with you. When I eat pistachios at home, I got to throw little, them on the uh, floor. <laughs> Don't throw them on the floor. No, 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 no. And just li- that little clink they hit with that little mm. clink sound they make when they hit the glass. That's, that's like ASMR stuff right there. I could go to sleep in five minutes after that. So um, I'm 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 gonna buck tradition. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with pistachios. I respect both of your answers. You guys make valid points, but uh, I'm pretty passionate about pistachios. Yeah, clearly, uh, that's, a, that's a great point about the ASMR. Forget me teaching. People had to eat sunflower seeds. <laughs> we should start a channel of just throwing pistachio shells into a cup, uh, or at least oh, a video. Let's I mean, do it. It sounds great, but you say they're easy to crack open. You can get a tough nut, yeah, and they can and they could be impossible to open. <laughs> like I, I even with teeth, yeah, you can even try and bite it open. But what? you can, yeah. The, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. But you can get a tough peanut, you know, and then try like oh, I'm on. with JD. I can I cannot <laughs> shell. I've had some tough peanuts. True story. I've had some tough peanuts. Tough I had one in '98. I had one in '98. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, like I'm, I'm like JD. I cannot shell uh, sunflower seeds at all. Yeah. yeah. And when I was a kid, like I didn't even really know how to eat them, and I would just kind of chew them and swallow everything. I know that's disgusting, but I, yeah, I didn't really know how to do, it and I just swallowed everything. So yeah. Maybe a little bit of a PTSD from yeah. that, so that's maybe why sunflower <laughs> seeds are are out for me. Yeah, that's it's a good point, I, and I may be having a little PTSD thinking about you know the one raunchy one you get in a in a sunflower bag too. Ooh. That's like oh yeah, just, I don't know I don't know how that works, uh, but it's gone rotten or, or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, no, it's it's natural to just try and chew on them. 
and just uh, have some shell. I'm trying to teach my five-year-old to to bite and uh, separate and spit, but yeah. it's uh, it's it's a tough skill. It's tough. It's very tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're either born with it or you're not. I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was fun. Let us know. What are you eliminating? <laughs> the fancy pistachio, the peanut, or the the classic sunflower seed? It's tough. We're going to be seeing pistachios at ballpark soon. They, they've got to be some. They've got to be in some sort yeah. of sweet, probably. 100%. Not, not for the common folk. Hot pistachios. Hot pistachios. Yeah. Do those exist? I don't know. They should. Are you yeah. are you connecting them with uh, boiled peanuts that they have have down uh, here in maybe in, in the south? Yeah. Have you had those? I think so. Yeah. Not not a fan. Never. Rachel loves them, but really, uh, yeah, she loves them. Hot nuts. Hot nuts from a gas station in northern <laughs> Georgia. Oh. <laughs> oh. I went to Bucky's and got these hot nuts. Uh, no, you're just you're right. Just just like on uh, on the side of the road. Yeah. Quite yeah. often. Yep. Yummy crazy i hear you it's, sometimes hot nuts are good but uh yeah i'm having some flashbacks yeah uh we gotta start a nut channel anyway uh, what am i talking about uh speaking of great channels check us out on the athletic baseball show on youtube we stream live every wednesdays check out joel's excellent work on our instagram page no underscore bunts actually i think uh dennis kasumba recently commented on his video that we put together on YouTube. I do think it's the real Dennis Kasumba, Joel, so pat on the back to everybody here. And pat on the back to Dennis Kasumba. Great story. Uh, Theathletic.com slash baseball show or theathletic.com slash no dunks to get the best sports writing in the world. Great deal going on here until June 30th. An incredible deal. So jump on that. Only a buck a month. For JD, for Joel... It was really fun. We'll see you Wednesday, June 28th.